All right, men, this week's uh, topic is about identity. This is personally my favorite topic, one of my favorite topics. I get really passionate about this one, and I'm excited to take you on this four-week journey inside of identity, uh, who you are uh, from a Christian perspective, from a biblical perspective. So first, this week, I want to talk about destructive labels, uh, why we label and how to break free from those. Now, I think, uh, first of all, uh, labeling something is very natural for us to do. I do believe that it's a way for us to kind of uh, compartmentalize and put things inside of their category. And, and it's the way our brain kind of lines up certain things and, and stuff like that. But we're going to go into why, uh, why it could be destructive inside of your own life if you begin to let these labels uh, fester and let these labels grow. Uh, first of all, we label because it's easy for us to do, right? Uh, some of the labels that we have, uh, we attach on certain things. We attach on certain people. And, I, and I'll tell you what I mean by that, by labeling someone a conservative or a liberal, uh, for example, inside of politics, a Christian and non-Christian, uh, and, and all the certain labels that we give to identify uh, certain people as a certain thing. And some of it is, is, is good in the sense that it helps us uh, make sense of certain things and categorizes certain things. But then when we self-label and it's a destructive label, then it's going to cause a lot of chaos and a lot of pain inside of our lives. So one of the reasons why we label, it's just simply natural. It's just simply uh, uh, we are taught this. It comes natural to us. We we identify certain things and we put them in their nice little uh, neat little categories uh, of of what they are, and it helps us to make sense of the world. Um, but the danger of it is is that it can very quickly lead to a very fixed mindset. And what I mean by that is when we label something, let's just say like a cheater, for example, uh, we say a cheater and a cheater will always cheat, right? And so we give that person a label as a cheater. And what we have done is we have, um, we have created a fixed mindset for ourselves. And that is that this is what a person is and it can never change. Right. And so once we slap the label on it, a lot of times that our mind just uh, uh, encapsulates around this fixed mindset of that's who a person is. And they can never really come out of that, uh, the label that we have given them. So that's where it can become uh, really dangerous. You know, we, I think we label people in general to keep ourselves uh, 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 distant from some people. Uh, it's kind of like a us versus them uh, scenario, and we label them, and we put them in their box, and and we even label ourselves and put ourselves in in our box to distinguish um, that we are different from them, and they are different from us. Uh, when in fact, uh, some of those uh, stereotypes um, are not really true. And we understand stereotypes, right, uh, against different uh, classes, against different races, and uh, it, it forms a, a bias uh, uh, mindset inside of us. One quickly that I can think of is that uh, Asian women don't know how to drive, right? And so we have this uh, label, Asian women, 
don't terrible drivers and we slapped that label on there and therefore um we were, were stuck inside this limited uh belief system that uh, asians are terrible drivers so that asian women don't know how to drive right or we might have uh, the stereotype that Asian uh, are, are extremely smart and intelligent, right? And we slap that label on there and then um, we might run into a situation where we run into a person who is not that intelligent and kind of destroys our paradigm. But what I'm saying with this is that these cute little labels that we attach, um, they're not always the case and they're not always true. And so they can become very dangerous, very limited beliefs, very um, uh, judgmental and assuming certain things about other people. We know what assuming does, right? It makes an ass out of you and me. And so we assume things based upon gender. We assume things based upon nationality. We assume all these different things and we slap our label on it and it is what it is when in fact it may not be so. And the biggest danger is it creates an us versus them mentality. So Jesus said this. He said, to judge not, uh, you be judged, right? For with the judgment you pronounce, uh, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. And you can find that at Matthew uh, chapter 7, uh, verse 1 there. What is Jesus exactly talking about here? Because... What we have in Christian circles, right, is a, a quick response to anybody who um, uh, says our sin is wrong or anybody who challenged uh, our lifestyle in any way or fashion. Uh, our quick response is don't judge, right? And in this statement, it has a sense of um, uh, assuming somebody's motives and it has to be uh, critical and to point the finger, so with those two uh, really analogies, when I judge, when I assume another person's motives and when I slap a certain label on them that uh, is not 100% uh, truth, then I put myself in the assumption of another person's heart and another person's behavior that is not really based upon reality. So that's the first part. of it. The second part of this judgment is that I begin to point the finger because of the label that I gave them, right? And this is uh, something that we do in uh, a great fashion, but even worse, it is something that we do to ourselves. And we see this scenario take place inside of the Bible. We see this uh, take place inside of our lives. But uh, Acts chapter 4.13, um, it says of other men, other men seen uh, Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and common men. Right. And they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. So they got this label. They slap it on these guys that they're uneducated, they're un, uh, uh, that they're common and that really nothing great can come from these people. And they proved them wrong and they perceived and understood that they must have been with Jesus because of the amazing things that begin to happen inside of their lives. So the men slapped the label uneducated, uncommon, worthless, good for nothing, would never do anything great, but yet they here they are, stepping outside of their box, stepping outside of their labels, and doing something great. 
And so here we have your life that somewhere along the way that uh, you may have had uh, labels attached to you, ignorant, stupid, uneducated, you know, a piece of crap, uh, worthless, good for nothing. All of these different labels that you may have experienced uh, because of uh, traumatic experiences in your past or when you were young, and you may have accepted all of these different labels. And so the message today is that um, identify, really recognize the labels that you have accepted about yourself. Who has put you uh, inside of a nice little box? Who has said that you are unworthy and that you are good for nothing and uneducated and you'll never do anything great? And begin to challenge that narrative. If you don't get anything from uh, this week's lesson, challenge the net, uh, the narrative of the negative labels that have placed you inside of this imaginary box and keep you contained and it keeps you in this imaginary ceiling that you could never rise above because of your belief and because of your alignment with those labels that you have accepted as true and you have not challenged, have not challenged. So how do labels uh, make people feel? You know, if they're negative labels and they're uh, assuming and they put you inside this parameters, uh, what that it causes you to feel unworthy, uh, that you are, are different from somebody else, that you don't uh, measure up or that you're second class. And I know this from personal experience because my stepfather put me in this imaginary shackles and put me in this box by, by constant nagging and name calling and, and, and destructively breaking down uh, my will and different things that begin to take place inside of my youth that I felt and I understood that I believed the narrative of everything that was told to me. And here I go out into my teenage life and my adult life with all of these negative belief systems and negative la labels that keep me confined in, into this reality of worthlessness. So when people are labeled, unjustly labeled and put inside a box and it's negative, uh, it causes them to feel unworthy or less than uh, insignificant compared to others right? Look at everybody else's life and see how, um, how great they're doing and how they have the nice clothes and this, that, and the other thing, right? Uh, the third one and the really most important one is it causes you to be ashamed of who you are. And I'm talking about you personally, that if you have accepted a destructive label, that it will cause you to be ashamed of who you are. And then, of course, number four is extreme anger. And this comes from the resistance of the label. So uh, a, a label is slapped upon you and that uh, you're a slut, you're this, that, and the other thing, right? And it causes uh, an anger and a rejection of that label. So I'm going to attach this and help you understand something uh, very key that I noticed inside of my life when I accepted these labels, and that is when I have I accepted whatever it was, right? Mine was that I was worthless and that I was good for nothing, right? So if I believe the label that I am worthless and that I'm good for nothing, and I just attach it on, boom, worthless, good for nothing, I accept it. And 
my behavior follows my paradigm. My behavior follows my belief. Because here's the reality, that we can never rise above our own self-perceptions. And we can never rise above what we believe ourselves to be. And so if I attach the label that I'm worthless, a good for nothing, I accept it, I don't challenge it, and I believe it as true, then my behavior follows my belief system. My behavior follows my paradigm. And what do I begin to do? I begin to do worthless, good for nothing things, right? Because first of all, my identity believes that I am worthless and good for nothing. And therefore, I produce the results and the fruit of that belief. And I do worthless and good for nothing things. Which only does what? Reaffirms the reality that I am worthless and good for nothing. And then what begins to happen from there? Uh, the behavior continues. And it grows and it manifests and it gets worse and worse. And so the cycle of pain continues. And so whatever negative belief that you have attached to your identity is going to um, grow and it's going to manifest until you deal with the core belief. You see, our actions uh, spring from our paradigms and sometimes our, our subconscious beliefs that we have accepted uh, somewhere along the way. And it's only the recognition of those things and the challenging of those things that begin to change uh, who we are at the core. The reality is, is that many people are working on all these different habits and all this uh, different behavior modification, but they don't uh, challenge or change the inner belief and what begins to happen. Their habits and routines quickly go back to where they were because they didn't change the reality of who they are on the inside. Your habits and your behaviors will always align with who you believe yourself to be. And that is just the reality of uh, which we were created. So some of these negative beliefs that you are, you are a criminal. Like if you've uh, been uh, addicted and you've um, been to the depths of addiction, uh, the stolen uh, from other people to provide for your habit and hurt other people and all these different things, uh, committed crimes, then you may have uh, somewhere along the way accepted the identity of a criminal. And what does a criminal do? They commit crimes, right? And so if somewhere along the way, because of uh, certain behavior that manifested, we could have put ourselves in this nice little box, this nice little criminal box, right? And we still have accepted the belief system, the mindset that we are a criminal. And we wonder why that our, uh, criminal activities still continue inside of our lives because we haven't dealt with the belief system that is behind it. Another one could be evil, right? That you're evil and that you're bad. And these words stir up uh, uh, times when your character may have been uh, uh, less than perfect. Uh, may have been times where you've actually uh, hurt another person or been involved with uh, uh, street gangs or racist parties and this, that, and the other thing. And that uh, it's easy for us to accept the identity that we are evil, that we're bad. And religion doesn't help sometimes in the matter. 
because we we accept the the natural man and its fear-based nature and the heart that's uh, um, that separates itself from God and we we identify with that but we don't identify with the new creation and the transformation and the new heart and the new spirit and we're still stuck in this old pattern of of I'm evil and my heart is desperately wicked and and we take all of those scriptures about the the deprived nature of humanity and we identify with them but we don't identify with the new creation and so that leaves us stuck in a perpetual state of doing bad things because again if I am bad and I believe that I'm basically rotten to the core what kind of behavior do you think I'm going to manifest I'm going to manifest behavior that definitely lines up with my paradigm and what I believe to be true. You see, the way our mind works is that it seeks equilibrium, and that is that it, it seeks to confirm what we already believe to be true. And so if we have accepted a belief and a negative belief system, um, we are going to interpret the world through that dirty lens and through that same belief and so that is if the world is a chaotic place, uh, through our lens, we are going to interpret everything as living in a chaotic uh, system and a chaotic world. And so it's important to really identify our core belief systems. So a uh, uh, loser, if you accepted the, the label as a loser, what does a loser do? Well, they lose, right? It's a person that is incompetent and it's a person that's unable to, to succeed. And this is one of the worst identity labels that we could get. Uh, if we believe, you know, in our heart that we are, we are losers and that uh, what kind of behavior do you think is going to manifest? Uh, we're not going to win at relationships. We're not going to win at business. We're not going to win in our health. We're not going to win anywhere because of the core belief that we are a loser. You see where I'm going here? That this mind here is, is shapes your identity and your behavior lines up with who you believe yourself to be. Um, this is why it's important inside of recovery um, that we don't accept these false recovery labels. And they're given to us by multiple different programs, different systems, and all these different things that want to uh, stamp a label on us and put us inside of a box. And one of those is the term addict. And once you know, an addict, what does an addict do? An addict lies, cheats, steals. An addict, uh, you know, is dependent upon a, uh, a habit-forming substance for for relief and for pleasure and to for basic existence. Uh, an addict is someone who's strongly inclined to 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 use and indulge in some uh, something repeatedly over and over again. So we have identified the definition of an addict. And we have um, labels that are pressed upon us by other people that want to, us to identify as that. That I am a person who is constantly dependent on habit-forming substances and that I am inclined to indulge in that substance repeatedly. And what kind of behavior do you think you're going to get? And here, here's the problem with accepting the identity of an addict is that your behavior is going to follow suit. And now you might not be uh, uh, doing your drug of choice, 
You might not be uh, consuming alcohol or doing this, that, and the other thing, but because you identify as an addict, that behavior is going to manifest in multiple different other things where we are strongly inclined to do this, that, and the other thing because we have accepted inside of our mind the identity of an addict. And the cycle continues that it begins to manifest in other behaviors and we begin to get addicted to other negative things, uh, sex, pornography, food and, and shopping and money and all of these other different things because we haven't dealt with the identity issue. And at your core of who you are, you are not an addict. Last time I checked, you were a human, <laughs> you know, with certain uh, 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 characteristics about you, but uh, you are definitely not an addict. And so it's important to really understand and grasp that truth. The, the next one that is really inside of recovery is, uh, is uh, being animalistic, uh, that we are, you know, somehow like untamed animals, right? And that we are somehow uh, uh, different from other people and that we are extremely impulsive and we act upon our instincts and our desires without any uh, form of uh, forethought or consequences. And so that belief of saying, you know what, I'm just an animal. I am animalistic. Having that identity of who you are is going to produce the animalistic behavior. And so this is why it's important not to identify with any negative label that attaches itself to your identity and which you describe who you are. Because if you believe them, that is the behavior that you will manifest. Another big one that I hear uh, all the time and that I accepted in my teenage years is insanity, right? Everything that, um, that the program taught me was that I was insane, that I couldn't think ra uh, rationally because of my addiction. And uh, immediately I, I accepted the label hook, line, and sinker. I attached it on myself. I believed it. Not only that I was an addict, that I was an animal, and that I was insane. And I couldn't help but wonder why I was producing all of these different behaviors inside of my life. Because my actions were simply lining up with who I believe myself to be. So insane. Was I really demented? <laughs> Was I really deranged? I'm just a teenager who experienced trauma, right? And who uses, uh, who used a substance to cope with that trauma because I didn't have the talent, skills, and resources to cope with it myself. And so was I deranged? Was I a lunatic? Last time I checked, I wasn't running around naked, uh, cutting myself and trying to commit suicide and all these different things. That just wasn't the reality of who I was. Was I really mad? But yet this paradigm and this labels are slapped upon you and you're just supposed to swallow them and supposed to accept them because they come under the guise of, um, helpful for you, that you need to recognize that you're an addict, that you are an animal and that you are insane and all of these different things that, uh, that um, begin to go to the root core of who you are as a person. You know, when it comes to identity, it's just answering the question, who are you? 
And I think it's a really important question that we are going to to dive in deep uh, through this month. And it's a hard question to answer. And having these negative labels don't help any. And so that's why uh, we're starting out with the destruction of those labels. So we can, at the end, thoroughly establish who we are based upon truth. Because, once again, if I identify with this negative label, then I'm definitely going to um, um, rise up to what that label says I am. So think of this uh, a label that you have labeled yourself and begin to ask yourself, is this label true? Is this label true 100% of the time? Where might have I got this label? Who made this impression upon me? Who imparted this belief system to me? Was it somebody else? Um, did I interpret some of my behavior and did I give myself the, the label? Where did this label come from? And it's really the identification that I have this identity label and I'm willing to confront it and really to examine and to investigate, is this true? Am I really worthless or good for nothing? I'll use my label example. Is this worthless or good for nothing label based upon reality? Am I really worthless and good for nothing? Is this true 100% of the time? Well, no. What is the evidence that this is not true? Well, I do plenty of things that are beneficial uh, to myself and to other people. So the statement of being useless and good for nothing can't possibly be true 100% of the time. And then you begin to ask yourself, can this negative label um, uh, fit my personality at all times? And the reality is, is that it doesn't. That nobody can, can absolutely fit into a negative label uh, 100% of the times. And what way have I allowed this uh, um, label to define who I am? And I'm, am I willing to reject and to let go of the labels that have put me inside of my box? And the importance of this, once again, is because your behavior springs from your identity. So we try. We try behavior modification. We look at certain behaviors that we are manifesting that, um, that we don't like. And we try multiple different methods of behavior modification. And some of them, I got to say, that are beneficial. You know, if you are immature and you can't handle spiritual things and you're not willing to take responsibility, um, I believe some behavior modification, uh, a program or a system to uh, keep you within side of bounds and checks and balances um, is probably beneficial for you. And uh, in in the government imposes it upon you because you refuse to impose uh, any sort of uh, limitations and self-control upon yourself. So I see the benefit of behavior modification for ignorance. 
Um, but we are men, right? We are men who are growing inside of responsibility, inside of maturity. And behavior modification alone is not going to produce the change that we want. Uh, it's going to be white knuckling it. It's going to be struggling. It's going to be setting up a setting up your environment so you don't fail. Setting up accountability systems, doing all these exterior things. When what we could do is begin to examine the core beliefs that have been manifesting some of these behaviors, and it springs from what we believe ourselves to be. You know, somewhere deep within uh, uh, men who struggle with pornography, they actually believe themselves to be uncontrollable and somehow uh, perverted and a pervert and this, that, and the other thing. So it's only beginning to attack those core beliefs of who they believe themselves to be that's going to produce more effortless change into that area that they want to go. So... Behavior modification has its flaws, and I think for us, yeah, spiritual modification is far better. What is crazy about this is that, okay, your perception is your reality. And if you believe yourself to be what the Bible says you are, then your reality will, be, will more follow suit to that belief and paradigm. And what I mean by that is that if you believe you're an overcomer, an overcomer, by its very definition, is a person who rises above the challenges, right? And so when I accept the truth, the identity of an overcomer, that every single problem that has come my way, that is addiction, perversion, lust, whatever it is that, uh, that I am recovering from, that I have, um, I have taken on the mindset of an overcomer. And that is that I rise above the challenges. That I'm not, the kind, I'm not the kind of person that allows problems. I'm not the kind of person that allows challenges to beat them up. And that is the identity of an overcomer. But on the very flip side of this is that we can accept the identity of a victim. And because of certain situations that have happened in our past when we were defenseless or, or we were victimized in some way in the past, the accepting of the identity of a victim goes into this, that, he, that challenges beat me. Instead of me being an overcomer that beats challenges, I become a victim where challenges beat me. And that is, we wonder why um, some areas of our life aren't changing. Because inside of that, we have accepted a certain mindset that, oh, here we go again. Here we go, this temptation again. Here we go, the desires rise up again. And we play victim. And we play the victim story. And guess what begins to happen? We begin to line up to our paradigm and belief system. And once again, uh, uh, the world is out to get us. And this challenge is so big that it beats us up. You know, I believe to the core, there are two identities that people accept in this world. One is victim and one is victor. And that is just a shift of perspective. Look at the multiple challenges and the multiple situations that you have faced and say, you know what? I may have not beat this one, but I beat this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one. And I, I, and I am progressing. 
and I am an overcomer and I am a victor. And when challenges come my way, I beat them up. I face them head on and uh, I am not a victim. You see, the very identity of a victim keeps us in the cycle of victimhood. And that cycle of victimhood looks like not taking responsibility. It's playing the victim card. It's, it's, it's saying, you know what, I did this because, or look at what you made me do. <laughs> you know, all of this victim talk that uh, um, it's simply because we have accepted the identity of a victim inside of our heart and inside of our minds. And it's only the destruction of that core belief that is going to lead to the change. And that is, you know what? I am not a victim. Let me examine and investigate all the ways that I am an overcomer. And you begin to shift your paradigms and shift your belief systems and say, you know what, There's, there is a lot of evidence to the contrary of victimhood. There's a lot of ev evidence contrary to being a loser. And I look at those and I say, you know what, there's a lot of evidence contrary to being an addict that I have the ability to control myself, that the Holy Spirit lives inside of me and can manifest the fruit of self-control. And that there's plenty of evidence to the contrary. And this is how the shift in identity begins to, begins to happen.